the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome, UndraftedCreation.com, mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. We have a special edition of the podcast today. Instead of listening to me for the next 30 minutes, ramble about all things mid-major hoops. I have an exclusive interview with Belmont head coach Casey Alexander. It's one of the best mid-major programs in college basketball. One of the best programs in all of college basketball right now, as you'll hear in the pod. So right now, Belmont 22-5 and in the OVC, trailing Moorhead and Murray State in the standings. Belmont's got a couple very winnable games upcoming against Eastern Illinois and SIU Edwardsville this week before next week, taking on Murray State, which is a big matchup before they head to the OVC tournament. But Belmont, definitely a team you could see in the mix for March Madness. Hope you enjoy this conversation with head coach Casey Alexander. So he's been the head coach at his alma mater, Belmont, since 2019 with a record of 74-16 in that time. Belmont's 22-5 and on the season right now, which is four games left heading into the OVC tournament. They're on an eight-game winning streak. I'm joined now by head coach Casey Alexander. Casey, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking. So, I mean, Belmont's been on an incredible run of success over the past two years. One of, what, six programs in the U.S. with 50 or more wins. What are some of the key contributing factors to your success? <laughs> Cohesiveness is first and foremost. You know, we've got a uh, roster that largely sticks together from year to year. Very little staff turnover. It's been that way for 20 years or so. And, um, you know, and so we we were able to kind of just keep plugging along. Not much changes uh, on our end from year to year. So we'll get into a little bit, of, you know, just this year, the season. So I've watched you guys quite a bit. So prior to the last win over Southeast Missouri, you were down at the half three games in a row and won them all. I watched that entire Moorhead game. And to be honest, I didn't think you had any business winning it, but you did. Uh, you know, how, how you ended up pulling these out, you know, being down at the half three games in a row. Yeah, uh, not exactly how we would draw it up by any stretch. Uh, those three games, we were down 20 in the second half to Tennessee Tech. And uh, came back to win that game, took our first lead in overtime, as a matter of fact. And then the slugfest with Moorhead that you mentioned, um, just a really atypical game for us. You know, we're top 10 in the country in scoring and, and a lot of really pretty offensive numbers. And, you know, and we win that game, I think it was 48 to 47. So I was really particularly proud of our team uh, for finding a way to win when, you know, when it was not our style by any stretch. And so, um, you know, we've won eight in a row. We feel good about that, but we have not played very well, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. I guess that's the good news. Well, it's got to be encouraging when you're winning ugly, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And when you're doing it uh, in different fashions, you know, uh, that was, you know, we were great defensively against Moorhead. Um, you know, we were really good offensively down the stretch at Tennessee Tech. And, you know, I mean, this time of year, for sure. I mean, just, you know, winning is the name of the game. You'd, you'd like to play a little cleaner or you you know, you'd love to see your style just um, executed perfectly, but uh, unfortunately it doesn't work that way. And you, and you have to find ways to win. I think, I think having a veteran group and a lot of experience in our program and guys that are used to winning has certainly helped us during this 
during this stretch where we haven't played great, but we're still winning. So what's the chat just about some of your guys? I mean, you know, I've watched them, especially over the past two years, quite a bit, but just wanted to find out a little bit about who they are off the court. You know, we, we can all go sit and watch Belmont highlights or Belmont games, but you know, Grayson Murray recently became the OVC all-time leader in assists. I mean, what makes this guy such a special player? Yeah, he's a winner um, as much as any player that I've ever been around, not, not let alone coached, uh, you know, been doing, been in the game for a long, long time. And the guy just finds a way to, to make contributions to win games. Uh, you know, he's also on pace or really near um, the all-time steals record for the OVC. So got a chance to walk out of here with both of those records in his back pocket. That says a lot about his career and says a little bit about how he plays. I mean, steals and assists, neither of those are, or column grabbing, um, you know, eye popping scoring numbers, uh, you know, but it's a, it's a good indication of how he helps us win like he does. And then of course, you know, big Nick, Nick Mazinski, 6'11 center. He's been, you know, the core of your team for a couple of years now. Kind of guy, is he off the court? Yeah, he's, uh, he, you know what, he's probably is, is locked in on the college basketball scene and really athletics in general. I mean, he loves, I mean, he's a really smart guy. He would be a great coach if he wanted to be uh, a coach one day because he's cerebral, uh, you know, and understands intricacies of the game and, and really sports in general. Um, he's a talker. He's kind of the life of the party. He's the guy you can always hear on the bus. He's one of those kind, you know. He sounds like my son. I got an 18-year-old son that plays university soccer, and that's that's what my coach, his coach tells me. He's like, on the bus, that's all you hear is his voice on those rides. And so. <laughs> well, he commands, um, commands the room for sure. Yeah. So one guy, this is a guy that I kind of like fell in love with last year watching you guys is uh, Jacoby Wood. You know, a little kind of point guard off the bench for us. He's somewhere in Tennessee. I ended up connecting with his high school or AAU head coach when I wrote an article on Jacoby last year. And he was like, everything you said in that article is what I was preaching, but kind of under-recruited. Tell me about the first time you came across him and what he's meant to Belmont over the past two years. Yeah, well, kind of, uh, you know, I was at Lipscomb actually as the head coach there when we first started recruiting Jacoby and, and Belmont was recruiting him at the same time. So when I got the job, all, all those, um, all those scenarios kind of merged together and it made for a fairly easy, um, recruitment uh we got him early in the summer before his senior year but you know saw his offensive talent is um is exceptional his ability to not only score the ball but make plays for others um is really good you know it's been it's been tough for him honestly here because uh, with Grayson Murphy and, and Luke Smith also on the roster and playing a lot of minutes all three of those guys are natural point guards that's really all they've ever played in their career you know but we've got three of them that are basically playing all of the minutes at the one and the two positions and so uh, Jacoby's had to defer his normal role a little bit more than he would like and what I would like for him to do. But, um, you know, the ball is going to be handed to him as soon as this season's over. It'll be his team from now on. So how do you manage that amongst the guys? Is that a sit down or, you know, amongst the three and say, hey, look, this is how your playing time is going to unfold? Or is Yeah, and let's be clear. I mean, Jacoby's – I mean, he's playing – you know, he's playing 23, four minutes a game. He's, he has a significant role on our team right now. Um, he's just not the dominant point guard on our team very often when he's in the game. So, um, and to his credit, he is, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a team player in every sense of the word. I mean, he's a team favorite in every sense of the word. Guys love him. He, he makes a great contribution to our team on and off the floor every day. So Belmont, leaving the Ohio Valley Conference uh, at the end of this year, going to the Missouri Valley Conference. Thoughts on that move? Uh, great for our program and great for the university as a whole. Uh, I think it's a natural step for us 
Um, if you know, as we continue to try to elevate what we're doing here, I think you know we've had enough success uh, over the years, and you know, comparatively to you know to warrant a belief that we can walk in that to that league and also be successful. But we are also aware that it's a much tougher league from top to bottom, and you know, everything from resource wise to travel to you name it is going to be more difficult than it is in the OVC. So we've got some improvements to make, but we're excited about it. So I sit on the MVC coaches call every Monday morning. So you're going to have to get used to seeing this face across on the zoom. Does the, does the OVC do that? I've, I've been on one or two OVC. That was like preseason, but they don't do a weekly. No, definitely not a weekly. Yeah. We periodically, but not definitely not weekly. It's a bit of a, a drag for some of the coaches. You can see it where it's like, eh, man, we just went through this last Monday and then mm -hmm. here we are. And then even yesterday I sat on and, Dan Muller comes on, who had just been fired by Illinois State, and he was talking about how, well, I'm going to stick around, and the kids voted me. And it was like, to be honest, it was a little uncomfortable watching. And I was like, I don't know if that, this is going to work with living in the house with your ex-wife almost. And then about an hour later on Twitter, I saw that, you know, he yeah. had just stepped down. And so, uh, yeah, a bit, bit of an uncomfortable situation. So, I mean, you're, you're a Belmont grad. Uh, you're in the school's Athletic Hall of Fame. I mean, if you were the Belmont head coach for the next 20 years, I mean, would that be a, you know, a successful career to you? Heck yeah, it would. Uh, you know, I, I've lived my whole life. I'm 49. I've lived my whole life uh, in Nashville, uh, except for the two years I was a head coach at Stetson down in Deland, Florida. And so it's home to me. My wife's family's from really close by. Um, you know, I've got 20, whatever, 25 years probably total uh, logged in at Belmont as a player and an assistant coach and a head coach. And so, uh, it's a great job. It's a great opportunity. Uh, they treat us really well here. And so, yeah, if I'm here for, if I'm here until I hang up the whistle, I'll be a really lucky man. So I've never been to Nashville. Give me some go-to restaurants <laughs> in that neck of the woods. You know, if I, if I manage to, if they open our border and let us get across, I'm up in Canada. And there's too many, too many to speak of. Uh, honestly, I mean, Nashville is, you know, over the last several years, you know, they estimate a hundred people per day moving to Nashville uh, in the cities skyrocketing um it's a it's a it's a it's a destination location you go downtown gosh pretty much any night but especially in warm summer months and it's flooded with tourists and everything else so hot chickens what you know what people are talking about right now nashville hot chicken uh, <laughs> um, but we've got it all we've got good old southern comfort foods you know a lot of meat and three kind of places we've got great barbecue here we got we got high-end restaurants uh, you can get anything you need when you come to nashville awesome I can't wait one of these days, you know, I've been in Knoxville, but not Nashville. So not the same. I know. I know. We'll get there. <laughs> so you take over from the legendary Rick Bird. I had the chance to speak with him a couple of years ago when I was writing for SB Nation. I mean, you know, not X's and O's, but what are some of the things you learned from him about people or player management? Yeah, well, he's the only person that I ever worked for. Uh, you know, I, I started coaching as an assistant right as I finished my playing career. So I was here for 20 years um, consecutively before I left to be a head coach. And, and so really um, the way he runs the program is all that I know, uh, you know, naturally in the last 10 or so years, I've, I've, you know, because my personality is different and I've coached different places that, you know, my program has a little bit of a different feel to it than his did, but, you know, the guy I did, um, you know, is the model of consistency, integrity, character, you know, any of those, um, any, any of those things that you want to say, I mean, he, he is just, he, the best thing I say about him, whether it was the early nineties when we were a good NAIA program or 2019, which was his last year uh, when they had a nice 
NCAA tournament run is he never changed. I mean, he recruited the same kind of players. He had the same standards for the program. He never cut corners. Um, he believed that things should be done a certain way, and he was going to do it that way, uh, whether he was successful or not. But ultimately, it's the entire reason he was successful. So having a look, I mean, you mentioned recruiting, and I was going through your roster last night. Did I read it right? You have no transfers, or am I missing something? On our current roster? Yeah. Transfers into Belmont? Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't. We have none. We've only had – I think we've had four undergraduate transfers leave our program in 17 years. Um, and so – and we've had just a handful of guys transfer in. And those, those are typically people that we recruited on the front end and have a pretty good relationship with. But – you know, you, that was the first question you asked is, you know, why the success at Belmont? And it's uh, it really just has been, you know, the, the level of consistency and the cohesion within the roster. You know, we, we don't get to the spring and try to patch it up and try to go find somebody to fill a spot. You know, we just um, we recruit high school kids only uh, pretty much. And, um, you know, we get our kid, we get our commitments early and move on to the next class and put it on repeat. I mean, that's a vast difference to the way a lot of people are coaching right now. You know, I do play-by-play for Orangeville Prep, which is the number one high school program up here in Canada, like Jamal Murray, Denver Nuggets, Lou Gans Dort, a whole bunch of guys, I mean, dozens of NCAA guys. And this is one of the most talented rosters this year in years, but very under-recruited. You know, they've got, you know, three, four-star players, but so many coaches are going transfer portal that there's just a lot of kids sitting there kind of waiting for that phone to ring right now. Um, you finding that a lot across the U.S. as well? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, and, and there are plenty of um, examples out there of coaches that have uh, either taken on new jobs and they've gotten the quick fix because they've been able to go into the portal and assemble a roster. Uh, Wake Forest is a good example of that right now and what Steve Forbes has done with a, you know, largely brand new uh, cast of characters. And, um, you know, but it's also, you know, it's, it's pretty high risk, high reward if that's the area you want to live in. And, uh, but there's more than one way to do it. You know, I mean, if that's um, if that's successful for one person, that's great. It may not be successful for everybody. Uh, you know, and maybe it'll change for us down the road. I mean, I don't want it to. You know, we're still very much committed to the model of building a program and having a program, um, you know, for these guys to come into. And, you know, but there are a lot of coaches out there who will openly tell you, hey, I'm not I'm not building a program anymore. I'm just going from one season to the next. Try to figure it out. Well, I have an 1145 with Richie Riley at South Alabama, and he's made a living off that. That's just a buddy of mine. So that's he's just yeah. the exact opposite of kind of where you're at, you know? Yeah, and I, I'm, not, I'm not at all going to sit here and pretend that our way is better than, than another way. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can win games. It's just it's been so important to our success at Belmont that I would be foolish to intentionally try to make it, you know, do it a different way. So Casey, before I worked in media and sports, I was a music agent. I used to produce concert tours for Grammy winning musicians for over 20 years. So I always ask coaches and players, any musical taste, any favorite singers or albums you can point out? Come on, man. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm country Say, music. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, if you could get my wife two tickets to a Morgan Wallen concert right now where I didn't have to break the bank to do it, then you and I could be really good friends. Uh <laughs> I'll see what I can do. You know, I've been out of music for a couple of years now, but uh, I, I still know a few people out there. Um, any podcast suggestions, listening when you're working out, anything like that? Oh, man, I, uh, I go back and forth. I listen to a lot of basketball pro- podcasts. Uh, I've got uh, 
I've got three or four local churches where I listen to their uh, Sunday messages when I, you know, when I need a little pick me up there. I'm not much into like, uh, you know, you know, um, gosh, novels or, you know, or crime scene stuff. I, you know, everything I read is nonfiction. Everything I listen to has some kind of, you know, something behind it that I can learn from and, and move on. So, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, you know, I read quite a bit and I'm more of a biography kind of, I'm not really into fiction, anything like that. It's uh, even people say to me, you know, oh, what Netflix shows are you watching? And I'm like, I watch every OVC game on Thursday nights. Like last year I kept track. I watched over 850 college basketball games. I'm a little down this year. I'm at about somewhere approaching the 500 range. Well, yeah. I don't, you know, Netflix and all that. It's so much college basketball. That's it. You know, we, we, we actually are a lot alike in that regard. I mean, my wife is, thank you, bless her for sure, because she loves to sit right beside me and watch games, but that's, we're on the Roku watching ESPN plus pretty much from, you know, 6 PM to 10 PM while I've got my computer in my lap trying to get ready for the next game. But that's, that's what we do in our household uh, for sure. So, I mean, when you need that break from basketball, I know your wife and what three kids. Yep. Um, you know, what do you do just to get away from basketball? I mean, in golf, anything exercise, what's, what's your mental stress relief? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm a seasonal golfer, you know, it's, it's pretty tough for, for coaches to be year round golfers, but uh, love to play in the summertime, get a good local course where we can play, play with coach bird a lot, actually. Uh, so yeah, that's a hobby of mine. I'm actually a huge baseball fan. So I follow baseball really closely when, uh, when we're not in season, big Cubs fan. So, um, uh, but those are the, those are the two things I do the most, but I, I spend a lot of time with family. My wife and I walk a ton just through, through the streets of Nashville and, and just enjoy, uh, just enjoy her company. So this season, a bit of a almost a reversal from where you were last year. Last year, you guys won about 20 games in a row. You had this big target on your back and then disappointment in the OVC tournament. This year, it's like, you know, Murray, maybe Moorhead have that target on your back. And you're kind of sneaking in behind them a little bit more comfortable this year. Or would you rather have that target on you? No, I'd rather have the target. I'd rather be sitting in first place all by ourselves right now. Uh you know, and, um, you know, but we've got a good team, you know, by any, any metric you want to look at. I mean, we're top 50 in the net probably, and, you know, been right there in the fifties all season long and Kim Palm and uh, getting some, still getting some attention for an at large, you know, possibility, um, you know, got some work to do there as far as that's concerned, but we're having a great year. We've won 22 games already. I mean, we've got top, I think maybe five top 100 wins, uh, you know, so we're, we're doing, we're doing pretty well. We just, uh, we had, we stumbled early against Murray and Moorhead and put ourselves in third in the standings. And, you know, so we've kind of been climbing ever since then to try to get back to um, some relevancy in the league. So one of those wins, and this is just more for my sort of personal taste back on November 26th, you beat Iona's awesome program, Rick Pitino. I mean, that's, he's one of the reasons I started watching college basketball Providence college back in 1987. That was a team I connected with as a young guy. And what was it like coaching against Rick? Well, obviously he's literally one of the best, if not the best to ever do it. Uh, and so it was, it was a challenge and it was fun, but you know, you just, we're, we're down there in Orlando playing in the ESPN events invitational and there's a great field and, you know, we, we didn't even know we were playing out until about midnight. So, you know, it's, you don't have a whole lot of time to worry or think about things like that, but he's got a really good team. As we all know, uh, they've stumbled a little bit here in the last week as well, but that was a good win for us. You know, we, we knock off Drake in the first round then we beat our in the second round and have a really good two point game against where we lost to Dayton in the championship. But that was a good week for our program. Okay, see, thankful for your time. Last question. So 
you know, what, what two weeks left in the regular season. I mean, what's it going to take for Belmont to come out victorious in the OVC tournament? What are some of the key factors that you're focusing on with you and your guys? Like, we got to do this to kind of get through. Yeah, you know what? I'm, it, we're, we're lucky here that we don't have to cross our fingers to hope that we can win a championship. I and mean, we, we know we have uh, the pieces um, to win. Uh, we've got you know great experience. We've got good depth. We've got good balance across our lineup, and we've got guys that have won a lot of uh, a lot of games in this league. Now, is that going to be easy? Of course, it's not going to be easy. Morehead State's got a tremendous team, and Murray is, you know, I, their record and their ranking speaks for itself right now. So it's a, it's a challenge, and it'll be an uphill climb. But uh, I love our team. Um, I think we can. I think we can win offensively. I think we can win defensively. And if we ever put it together, I think we can be really good. Awesome. Well, hey, Casey, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. OVC tournament coming coming up. I'll be rooting for you guys. And uh, hey, if you get to uh, March Madness, let's reconnect and do this again. That sounds great. I look forward to it. Thanks for today. Appreciate it. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Sword. Oh my! with another steal, spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas, electric first step, blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis, he's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three, and there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew, you don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich, they can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! 